disconnects, and discoveries. Navigating the intersection of martial arts and ballet. With Cheryl I. Love, the author of Forever Fit and Flexible, and the creator of the Femininja Project podcast. On episode number 278 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. And when it happened, I was shocked. I was horrified. There was a lot of physical pain and physical damage that I had from the incident. And so the first thing, and me being a medical person, I have two medical degrees. I was a respiratory therapist for 17 years. And then I went back to school and got my master's in physical therapy. So I thought, I'm pretty savvy. I'm a medical person. If this is happening to me, I know this is, I'm not the first person this has happened to. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful. And this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people. Welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. It is indeed a delight for you to allow me to go through your earbuds or through your phone or through the speakers in your car or wherever you're listening to my voice today as I'm coming to you with a message to help you to navigate adversity and achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. You can always head over to my website, drbradmiller.com, where you can find all kinds of help from all kinds of experts to help you to grow through what you go through, getting through depression, divorce, disease, debt, death, and other adversities in your life. And we talk to wonderful people who can speak into your life. Such is the case today with our guest. Her name is Cheryl I. Love, an incredible person. She is an author, a podcaster, and the creator of the Fema Ninja Project podcast. And in our conversation today, she shares her uh, her captivating journey of facing trauma and fear and pain, chronic pain in her life, and then finding the empowerment through martial arts, arts and alternative treatments to get through that and to have a better better life. We talk about the immobilizing effects of long-term trauma and how even small acts of movement are celebrated as progress. She talks about her experiences of being introduced to martial arts and exploring acupuncture and other methods of physical relief and how transformative that was in her life. And throughout the story she shares here today with me and with you, our Beyond Adversity audience, she highlights the importance of persistence in seeking treatment and finding support and how she encounters discomfort in her life, including an inappropriate comment from a man and the emotional turmoil that it caused. And she explores the connection between martial arts and the martial arts world and her own involvement in her own belief system. And she talks about the transformative power of meditation. We talk a little bit about her family, the impact of unresolved uh, trauma. We talk, she opens up about uh, being a victim of a crime committed 
by a medical doctor. And uh, Cheryl discusses her own struggles with survival and finding her inner strength through the warrior spirit, which she developed through martial arts. And she explains that the spiritual aspect of her training and the connection she feels with a higher power are inspiring to her and brings her energy and vitality and empowerment and resilience. And that's the message she shares on our podcast episode here today, and the message she shares with you, that aging and disabilities are a, a ch- more of a choice than anything else and not an inevitability. This is a powerful episode. Sure, I love is a delight. I love her name. I love And her story is uh, about overcoming adversity and finding empowerment through movement and mindset. Embracing one's own health is incredible. You can find her. She's at the FeminijaProject.com. That's where her podcast, The Feminija Project, is at. And And her website, where you can find out more about her books, is at CherylILove.com. That's C H E Y L I L O V.com. Cheryl I Love. And she, you can find out more about the, you know, the books that, that she has written that you want to make uh, a part of your life forever fit and flexible and the reluctant ninja. Our guest today on Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller is Cheryl I Love. Let's get into our conversation with Cheryl right now. Today, we have an awesome person with us here on Beyond Adversity. I'm going to just tell you a couple of things, just a couple of words that describe her, and then I'll tell you who she is and what she's going to offer to you today. Some of the words that describe her are energy, vitality, empowerment, confidence, compassion, strength, grace, courage, health. And she is out of that. She embodies those elements by being an author and a podcaster. And perhaps most importantly, a ninja. He is, she is the creator of the Fema Ninja Project, which is her coaching and leadership program and her podcast. Her name is Cheryl, Cheryl I Love. You can find her at CherylILove.com. Cheryl, welcome to Beyond Diversity. Why, thank you so much, Brad. It is so wonderful to see you again, and I really appreciate you having me on your show. It's great to be with you. We had a lot of fun when you had me as a guest on the Feminija project yes, we did. A, a while back, and I have lived to tell the tale of encountering a ninja, and here we are, because you have quite your own story to tell, and I just really, really love to hear, and our audience loves to hear stories of people who have faced some really difficult and challenging time in their life and have found a way to navigate through that. They had something to teach others. If I'm understanding correctly, you had a time in your life when you were cruising along in what you were a self-described middle-aged princess when something went a little bit south. Can you tell us a little bit about that story and then to set the stage for what we're going to talk about moving forward? Okie dokie. Yes, I am, or I guess I was a middle-aged princess. I like the finer things in life. I'm a very girly girl. I like Pilates and point shoes and tutus and tiaras and pedicures. I like really girly things. And I'm the last person anybody ever would have expected, including myself, to study a martial art. And it's really interesting too, because my father actually did have a black belt in karate. My father also had five daughters. 
And he would always try and get my sisters and I to come to the gym with him and do some karate and learn some skills and stuff. And the he always got the exact same response. Ew. You know, especially for me, there was no way I was going to go into was, a sm- smelly gym. That didn't fit into your, to your own uh, context. No. No. And it martial arts was just never in my DNA. Okay. And certainly never on my radar. And I never went looking for a martial art, especially the art that I got involved in. It's called Ninpo Taijutsu, the art of the ninja. And I always tell people that I never went looking for the art of the ninja, but it came looking for me. And when it found me, it was not going to let go and it was not going to take no for an answer. So grabbed you and didn't let you go. But what got you there in the first place? What was the, for almost everybody, when they have a major turning point like this, something major has happened to you, caused you to react in such a way. Before I get there, let's just, let me just explain how I fell into the art of the ninja in the first place or how I became acquainted with it because I had no idea martial arts. Ooh, but I was looking for a new acupuncturist and one of my clients recommended this man locally. His name is Mark and said, I think you would really like him. Why don't you give Mark a try? And I said, okay, she was really picky. So I felt I could trust her opinion. So I called this guy, made an appointment. The very first time I went to see him for an appointment, when he started putting needles in my legs, he got a very far away look on his face. And he said, with your legs and my coaching, I could teach you how to kill with these things. (laughs) That's an awesome line, isn't it? My goodness. Wow. That's usually what the men say. They all say pickup line. And it wasn't a pickup line. The man was completely, totally serious. And I was horrified. I thought, who, who thinks like that? Let alone says it out loud. (laughs) And I thought, I need to just grab my purse and run because this guy's crazy. But then I realized I was literally pinned to the table. So Unless I wanted to try running with needles sticking out all over me, he had a captive audience. So I just politely declined and said, no, thank you. Thanks for thinking of me, but that's never going to happen. And I kept going back to him because he was really good at what he did. And he never would shut up about his art, his martial art, the art of the ninja. And he had a dojo. His martial arts school was right next to his clinic. So it was like a little duplex. And I would see people, men, going in and out all the time, his students, and they would always smile and nod at me through the window as I was waiting for Mark for my treatment. And yeah, they all seemed pretty normal and nice, but they were still, it was martial arts. And I had just come from ballet class and it was just like, that's just so icky. He just kept going and going about his stupid martial art. And finally, what he did not know is that just, I was 44 when I met him. And just a few months prior to meeting him, I had a trauma. Okay. And what had happened was I was a healthy, vibrant 44-year-old woman. And I walked into a doctor's office just for a routine exam. And when I walked out, I was a statistic. He was a predator, a sexual predator. Oh, my. And he had the perfect cover because he was a medical doctor and they have to do things to you. And uh, yeah, it was just, he didn't even have to go looking for his victims because they just came to him. 
And when it happened, I was shocked. I was horrified. There was a lot of physical pain and physical damage that I had from the incident. And so the first thing, and me being a medical person, I have two medical degrees. I was a respiratory therapist for 17 years. And then I went back to school and got my master's in physical therapy. So I thought, I'm pretty savvy. I'm a medical person. If this is happening to me, I know this is, I'm not the first person this has happened to. So my, I'm an action driven person. So my first reaction was, okay, I'm going to report it to prevent any other woman walking into his office. I'm going to get help for myself. And then I'm going to move on with my life. It didn't quite happen that way. When I tried to get help, the first person I went to was my very best and dearest friend in all the world. And instead of her giving me, oh my gosh, that's terrible. Let me, well, do this together. I will support you. What I got was basically the pat and slap across the face. And it was like, you that cannot happen. You're exaggerating. You're making it up. It was the whole move on because this isn't possible. So I thought, okay, that didn't work. Did so she know, was, know this doctor? No. She, no. Okay. She, no. Was, and was she wasn't a medical it was just her assumption. Though. Exactly. It okay. was just her assumption. She wasn't a medical person herself. She was a PhD in molecular biology. So it was a very okay. intellectual person. All right. And so it's like, okay, so I didn't get anywhere there. So then the next thing I went to the next person I trust more than anybody in the world was my husband. So when I started to tell him what happened, he put his hands over his ears and said, oh my God, oh my God, this sounds like girl stuff. Girl talk, you need to go talk to Kate. That was your other friend or prior friend? That was my other friend. So I would go back to Kate to try again. And this time it was even worse. And it was like, okay, what do you do when nobody listens to you? Wow. Especially the people that you're the closest to and they won't even acknowledge that something happened. The 20 pound weight loss that happened should have clued them in that something was wrong. But I just stuffed everything deep down inside of myself. And I just put pasted a big smile on my face. And I walked around like nothing was wrong. So you weren't in denial yourself, or at least you were trying to deal with it, but other people imposing denial type of process upon you sounds like. Absolutely. There was no denial in my mind. I knew exactly what was happening. Okay. And I knew exactly what did happen. But once the event itself or the incident itself was bad enough. But I understand now why women do not report sexual assault. Yeah, of course. Because the way it happens all the time, doesn't it? This basic scenario, scenario. Yes. And as bad as the whole incident was, the way I was treated afterwards by everybody else, especially those that were the closest to me. How demeaning, how just not respectful of you and your and your person that you are. And that's got to hurt. That's just got to take you to a different place. It hurt really bad. And you feel worthless. And you feel like maybe I'm not worthy. I knew it happened. I never doubted that. But I did doubt my self-worth. I did doubt my value as a human being. I'm worthless. And so that's how I was going through my day every single day with a big old smile on my face and taking care of my clients because I had my own practice, my private practice. And people would ask me every now and again, are you okay? Wow, you're really losing a lot of weight. And it's, oh, I'm just fine. Everything's fine until Mm -hmm. about, and I kept going to Mark for acupuncture, just wishing he would shut up about his stupid martial art. (laughs) And then finally, I just shut down. I didn't even 
I didn't even go for acupuncture anymore. I just was going through my life like autopilot. And so finally, about a year and a half later, almost a year and a half later, I was re-triggered and everything just came spewing out of me. Hmm. And it was like full-blown PTSD. And it was so bad. I was really worried about my sanity. So you were no longer powering through like you were before. This second incident took you to a unhealthy place, it sounds like. I call it sliding down the rabbit hole or falling down the rabbit hole. Okay. And as you're falling down this rabbit hole, that there's nothing to hang on to. There's no branches. There's nothing. And at the bottom of that hole was this great big carnivorous rabbit just waiting to tear you apart. And that's basically what it felt like. And out of desperation, I realized, I remembered that I had a client several years earlier who was a psychiatrist and she and I had gotten along together really well. We had a great relationship and I helped her with her back pain. So she thought it was wonderful. And I thought, Ruth, I will call Ruth. And so I did and made an appointment. And Brad, this is almost unbelievable to to wrap my head around it, but it was 18 months later, maybe even longer. And it was the very first time I was ever able to tell the whole story to someone. Oh my goodness. So you had all this time, what, two years plus? It was about 18 months, about 18 months. But still, that's a significant amount of time. And apparently, I'm sure you have even more appreciation now of people who have waited, in some cases, years, in some cases, decades to deal with a matter that was somehow triggered by something else. But you appreciate that now, don't you? Oh, I certainly do appreciate that. And I even remember times that kind of like my lowest, I would think of my grandmother. I had one grandmother who, well, she was from Czech, from Yugoslavia. The other one was from Czechoslovakia, former Yugoslavia. Okay. And that grandmother, it was an arranged marriage. She was married very young and her husband was a drunkard. He beat her and he ended up dying in prison. And then she ended up immigrating to the United States to stay with her sister. And that's where she met my grandfather and got married. And then they had my uncle and my mom. But my my grandmother had a significant amount of trauma, not only because of that, but she had a son. And she always was going to, her mom was taking care of her son, and she was going to have him come over once she was settled in the new country. And it just like never happened because she met my grandfather, got married, and her mother kept saying through letters, just wait until you're settled. And then, you know, I'll send Andrew. He never did come over and he died okay. in the war. Oh my goodness. Okay. So that's something that you know, so, so what you're describing here is all this unresolved stuff, con- you know, family stuff, conflict, trauma that happens, that happened in your past and happened so many people's past. But you're saying here now that Ruth is helping you now to actually deal with your particular trauma. So let's go there. Okay. What Ruth did was she told me to, she says, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to write a letter to the medical board, a complaint. Okay. And I just looked at her and I said, do you think it's going to do any good? And she hesitated just long enough to give me my answer. And she says, no, but at least it will appeal to your sense of justice. Okay. So I said, okay. So I went home, I started working on, and then she did recommend a therapist for me to see. And so I did make an appointment to see the therapist and it's okay. Now I have an action plan. I'm writing the letter. And she says, when you're done with the letter, you come back and let me read it before we send it to the medical examiner board. So I went to the therapist's I went twice. I couldn't stand being in the same room with her. I could not stand it. 
And so this isn't for me. I just can't do this. Maybe I just need another therapist. I don't know. But I did write the letter and I did send that to the medical examiner's board thinking I'm never going to hear from anybody again. So at that time, I figured I do need a little bit of help because I was just a total physical as well as mental and emotional mess. So I went back to Mark. And for some reason, I don't know why I knew this or how I knew this, but I intuitively knew that if I told him the story, he would listen to me. Okay. And so he did. And just to be clear, Mark's the acupuncturist who's the- He uh, is the acupuncturist. The, the ninja guy. Okay. The ninja guy that won't shut up about martial arts. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yes. So I went to him, told him what happened, and he says, oh, I always knew there was something wrong, but I wasn't sure what it was. So he was treating me through acupuncture points and some Chinese herbs. And then his campaign to get me on the mat and start training went into high gear. And I still kept saying no. <laughs> and he said, you don't understand, Cheryl, there's an incredible healing power in martial arts. And I would look at him and say, Mark, I really don't understand how hanging around a smelly dojo with a bunch of sweaty men is going to make me feel better. So I just kept saying no. And finally, I got to the point where I had tried everything else. <laughs> it took a total of three years. He oh wore goodness. me down. And I said, okay, I will take a few classes just to prove to you. He finally broke you, didn't he? He finally broke me. My goodness, I thought I was stubborn. That man, he's more stubborn <laughs> than I am. So he finally broke me down. And I said, I will take a few classes just to learn some self-defense techniques and to prove to you how much I'm going to hate it. And then I'll quit. And? So... Ten years later, I became his first female black belt. <laughs> All right. And here you are now, the feminine now. That is mm. awesome. That's mm. awesome. awesome. What an incredible story. And then you not only are, not only 10 years later, have had your own personal transformation, and you are all those things that I mentioned earlier, an empowered oh, woman you. and healthy and vital, and but you're also offering some good things to others through your books and through your coaching and through your website. And uh, But there's a couple of key things there that I really want our audience here beyond adversity to hear is that, and not everybody does this, you became a woman of taking some action, even if it was imperfect action, even if it's sometimes the actions that you took didn't work out. Let's talk about that a minute and how important that may be for some folks who are stuck in their own situation, their own abuse, their own bad marriage, their own mm -hmm. situation, their tough job or their own disease, whatever it is. What do you think are some of the keys about taking some action to change the change your story, change your pattern from where you're at? Any kind of movement is positive. Movement is life. Taking some kind of steps, some kind of direction, some kind of action, anything, at least, okay, I have a plan. Even if that plan blows up in your face, it's okay, that didn't work. Now let's try something else. So there's always a way out. There's always a path to healing. There's always a path to recovery. My path might not be the same as yours. We're all different. What works for you as an individual, no matter what it is that you're going through, there is always a way to recover. There's always a way to heal. And living well and looking good, I'm here to tell you, is the best revenge. Yeah. And I think what you said, movement makes a difference. It's the not only the mental, psychic part of it, if you will, but physical movement makes a difference, mm -hmm. doesn't it? The physical movement. 
Absolutely. You're going back to laws of physics, body in motion tends to stay in motion. But when you are in that state of fear, anxiety, stress, trauma, you're immobilized. It's the fight Mm -hmm. or flight situation. And when the trauma has been with you for so long, then it really takes a hold and controls your life. And it's basically all you know, and it is, it's immobilizing. So anything that you can do, even if it's as simple as, okay, I'm going to get out of bed this morning. I'm going to make myself a cup of coffee. Now I'm in the kitchen. That's movement. That is something to be celebrated. It doesn't mean that, okay, I have to get out of this situation. I've got to go get a black belt. No, I never wanted a black belt. I never wanted a yellow belt. I never even wanted the stupid white belt, but it came with Well, you never wanted to go in the first place, did you? Well, I didn't want anything. I didn't want anything. But here's what you did, which I admire so much, is you kept going. The physical action you took initially was going to Mark to get your acupuncture to receive some relief. But that's an action that's scary to some folks, the whole needles Mm -hmm. and so on. And, uh, but you kept going. Mm -hmm. And I think you kept going. And tell me if I'm wrong here, not only for the physical relief, but you heard somebody to listen to you and also somebody to encourage you and to prod you and push you a little bit, even an area that was a little bit uncomfortable. That mm-hmm. Something was uh, addictive in a good way about that. Is that fair? Is that fair? That's fair. And I just want to add to that because of the way you put that is, yes, not only was somebody listening to me, he was hearing me. Yeah, I got you. Yes. And so it wasn't just, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. All right, now. As opposed to someone else who your husband and your supposed your best friend who were let the words come out of your mouth and hit their ears, but they weren't really. (laughs) Yeah, and that's fair. And even the therapist that I went to for two sessions, she was listening. And you can tell she was so detached. She was listening. She wasn't hearing me. But when I was in Mark's office, it was like when I was on his table, that was the only time that one hour a week that I would have complete, like my guard was down. I didn't have to be hypervigilant. You know, I was able to just relax, even though he was still talking about his stupid martial art. It was okay because he was really supporting me. I think it's just so important. And one of the first parts about anybody who really wants to transform their life from being stuck. And I think that's where a lot of people are at and yourself included, myself included in some of the things in my life. If you're stuck, wherever you're at, then the thing you got to do to get unstuck is you got to get up and go. You got to get up and do something, take a walk, read a book, do something and take some action. And so that's all good. But I want to talk to you for just a second here, Cheryl, about another aspect I think is important to your transformation. And we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but I think it's important. What role, if any, did somehow connecting to something deeper or a higher power or some meditative state or anything along this line have to do with your transformation? Can you go there with me for a minute about anything along that line? Again, at my lowest point, again, when I was thinking of my grandmother and going, how did you survive? Because how did you just survive? And I remember being at my lowest point and I heard a voice saying, let me help you. I'm here to help you. And I don't know, it was like late at night. I think my husband was out of town, so I know it wasn't him. It was like the dogs certainly weren't talking to me, but it was like, okay, I'm trying to do this on my own and I don't have to do it on my own. So I just went back to what was right. Just to be, for me to understand, you had a sense of an audible voice. 
or very you powerful. Know, I'm not friend. even sure if it was audible, but it was definitely in my head and it was very clear. Okay. And it was a man and I, he was very handsome and attractive. If for some reason, the word Nicholas or the name Nicholas just kept reverberating in my head. And I thought, I better never, ever tell anybody this because then they will lock me up for being a crazy <laughs> person. So please don't tell anybody that I said this. But it, you know, it was from that moment on, it was like, okay. And then I went back to my roots. I was raised in an Eastern European household. We were raised in a church that was Byzantine, if you I'm understand. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And so I just kind of went back to that. Even there's a small Byzantine church here in, in Denver. And I actually went back to that a few times just to get that connection of that higher power, because I... Once I started training in martial arts, there is definitely a spiritual quality to it, that we are growing our spirit as well as our mind and our body at the same time. And at first, it put me off a little bit because there's a little ritual that we would ray in to the Kamidana, which represents the spirits, the people who have trained before us. And I thought, mm, yeah, okay. this kind of feels a little bit not a little woo woo stuff, that kind of thing. It was woo-woo and it was a little kind of funny. It was like all of this bowing and scraping and oh my gosh, this is silly. But then I realized that it was helping me tap into that inner strength and that warrior spirit that I think is in, in each and every one of us. And I know I've had that spirit of a warrior. I just never recognized it as I was growing up. But this gave me a way to connect with that spirit, connect with the higher power, and understand that there is something so much greater than I am. As you said, warrior spirit, and you just, if I'm understanding you correctly, you cannot be optimized, as it were, to be a true warrior, to have, to be empowered and be confident and so on, without the spirit part. you got to have the warrior and the spirit in order to be fulfilled completely. Is that a, one fair way of looking at your approach to things now? Absolutely. And just for your listeners, I do want to clarify, because sometimes when people hear the word warrior, it's, oh, that's fighting, it's conflict, it's aggression, right. it's all these things that are negative. And it's that is not the spirit of a warrior. A warrior has a very compassionate heart and a soft, a softness around them. The last thing we want to do is to fight. We want to take care of ourselves, protect ourselves, our families, our community, our environment. We want to be able to stand up for people who can't stand up and protect themselves, but we never want to fight. That's the last thing we do. It's no, we don't want to fight. No, you step back. And finally, if somebody just keeps insisting and crosses, crosses the line, you have to say, well, you asked for it. Okay. Yeah. And then you pull out all the stops. Yeah. It has to do with Trying to be your best self in many ways, to coin a phrase. To do that, then you have to apply the taking action and the spiritual element, the connecting something greater than self. And you got to apply it to your everyday life. I like to call this the cognitive part. You got to ingrain it through habits, through practices. You didn't become a, you said it took you your 10 years along and becoming a ninja. And you said you became a black belt. I know enough about this. You don't become a black belt the first two weeks. You got to go through a long process and you got to get better through practice and so on. So tell me about what some things you did and maybe transformable principles for people to begin to 
implement this warrior spirit, as it were, into your life through practices or habits or transformations, particularly in your life now that are different than maybe you were when you were, as you mentioned, you were a mess at one point. And I love the way you said that that it's cognitive, it's spiritual, it's mental, emotional, all of that does come together in your practice. So it's really important to understand that. And people think when they talk to me or they look at me, they say, oh, you must meditate a lot. And the answer is no. I don't meditate because I can't. I have a monkey mind and I can't really (laughs) sit down and just empty my brain. And that's when the meta gurus say, then you're doing it wrong and let me help you. And I know I can figure it out for myself. So my way of meditation is through movement. I know a lot and enough movement, even when I first started taking martial arts. And of course, I was terrified the whole time, but I knew enough movement patterns that I would go into either my living room or even in the backyard or sometimes down here in the girl cave and very slowly go through the movement patterns. And I would put myself in the dojo. I would see some of the some of the symbols like for our school. And I would just remember some of the images. And I would just think about that as I was slowly going through the movement patterns and I took out the judgment. That no self-judgment, which was really, I had a whole lot of that, especially as a dancer, we judge everything, but just to be lost in the organic, visceral feeling of moving in a way that we were meant to move, the way that we were created, our bodies are beautiful, and the Mm -hmm. way that God put it all together for us was just like, why are we trying to undo Mm -hmm. what he gave us? I think I love the way you put that there, Cheryl, because I've been around some artistic folks, dancers, artists, musicians, and many times they will speak about how there is a kind of a spiritual or a ethereal element when they were able to do a dance or a a music or some sort of artistic expression that is beyond self. And that is an amazing thing. What you're looking for is people to try to integrate all this is what I'm hearing you say and become a great person. Any tips, any tips for people who want to implement this in their life? Oh, number one, first thing, please be patient with yourself. Everything takes time. Every small little step that you take, it might not seem like much getting out of bed in the morning and making yourself coffee. That is huge. You need to recognize that and you need to celebrate it. So just taking those small little steps eventually add up. You get that cumulative effect, compounding interest. So nothing is too small. And just to keep on going at it. If you find something that is helping you and then all of a sudden it's not, okay, it has served its purpose. It has given you what it needed or what you needed at the time. And then try something else. There's so many things out there that you can try. There are so many alternative healing methods available to us that 30 years ago, we really didn't have, or maybe it was there, but it was kind of like poo-woo, no one's going to pay attention to. But there are so many things available to you that you can use to help you recover from whatever it is that you know, you're dealing with. Hmm. And you've implemented many of those in your own life. And in the process, you made a few mistakes here and there. But they ultimately, through this roller coaster of life and through traveling a journey, which is uh, treacherous at times, you've Mm -hmm. come to a better place. Mm -hmm. And out of that process, then you've got some things that you've learned and can implement and can share with other people, right? 
So exactly. let's talk about that a little bit. You've got, for instance, your book, Forever Fit and Flexible, and you've got another book, Reluctant Ninja. But I love the emphasis of your one book about dealing with aging and dealing with people who are focused on you know, time is going to ravage me, time's going to take care of me, and that kind of stuff. So what are you offering to people through your books and through your coaching and through your teaching that's giving back to them? What are you offering there that you hope can take out of your experience to speak into someone else's life, to show your love and compassion towards them? The first thing I want to say is just to address something, as you were saying, in my journey that I made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I want to rephrase that. And that's part of the first step is like changing the script and what you're telling yourself too. So that's very important. I'll talk about that in a minute, but there's no such thing as a mistake. Mm, Okay. It's an opportunity to learn. Yes. Okay. Great. said. And so that's the one thing when you're talking about the aging process, a lot of, I went through a chronic pain syndrome, I told you when I was in my mid thirties, and I lived the life of a chronic pain patient for two and a half years. I was told by a lot of my physicians and physical therapists that you're getting older. You're supposed to have aches and pains. You're supposed to be gaining weight. You're supposed to be doing this. Well, you have arthritis in your spine. You can't do your laundry and your grocery shopping in the same day because you'll end up being bedridden. All of those things they were telling me, and they were absolutely wrong. So that's the one thing I kept hearing that you're a chronic pain patient, you're a chronic pain patient, you're getting old. I was 36 years old. Wow. I know. So, so flip, the, like, flip the script, change the script. Don't see them as a mistake, but change the frame with how you frame it. And I, I just, I went home, hit rock bottom for a few days. And then that's where that fighting spirit came back. And it was like, yeah. I don't deserve this. This is the is not the life I deserve. I'm going to have to figure this out for myself. I'm relying way too much on somebody else. I had a whole team of medical experts that were dictating how I was going to live my current life and my future life. And I just said, no, I'm going to figure it out. I fired all of them. And that's, I did my own work. And I also added acupuncture for the first time in my life. And I ended up getting out of pain. So what I tell other people, when people come to me for help, is I am not going to fix you. I am going, not going to heal you. I'm going to give you the tools to heal yourself. And that's why I wrote that first book on Forever Fit and Flexible is how to, I say, bust the myths of aging, punch father time in the face, tell the naysayers (laughs) and the experts to be quiet and go away and leave you alone because we are meant to be healthy, active, and vibrant during the entire course of our lifetime. It's some of the things that we're doing in our modern society that is causing some of the problems that we have, but we can recover from anything. So the first thing I always tell people, it's mindset. If you think you're old, you are. Getting older is inevitable. Being old is a choice and we all have choices. I I really resonate with that process or what you're sharing there. Cheryl, and as much as I'm two months from now, I'm going to have my 65th birthday. So what does that mean? That means I'm getting all these things in the mail about Medicare and Medicaid. And I just retired from a career last year. Yep. And, and I know my contemporaries are about my age. There's two different groups. There's the people who are, hey, I'm old. I'm whatever. Retire and go get in the rocking chair and watch Jeopardy <laughs> all day. And, yeah. and there's others, and I hope I'm in more of that process, who say, okay, 
This is just my next phase. Phase three, some people call it is, call mm -hmm. it to be engaged and active and don't see it as old, but see it as next step and next phase. Mm -hmm. But you make that choice, don't you? And that's part mm -hmm. of what I want you to help us out with. You choose more than anything else how you react to this, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, I think I was fortunate because I have that kind of spirit. And I think a lot of people in our age group does, baby boomers, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and the flip side of that is don't tell me I can't oh, or yeah. what I can't do. That's awesome. You're over 60. You can't take ballet class. That's ridiculous. I've been dancing since I was 20. Why can't I keep dancing now? Or it's just really ridiculous. The things that people will tell you, even if they think it's for their your own good. And yeah. you know better than anybody else. You know your body, you know your wants, your needs, your desires, your dreams. And I think this, I, they call it the third third. Right. I think this can be the most beautiful time of life. Yeah. If we approach it like that, but if you listen to the, te the commercials on the television, it's, oh my God, yeah. uh, really? You kick out of the commercials for the various drugs and they give you a 60 second commercial, the first 10, 15 seconds of what it does for you. And the last 45 seconds is all the things it's going to do bad for you. It's going to hurt you. And oh. the last thing, the last side effect on all of those possible side effect is death. Death, yes, yes. That's what's coming next. Yeah, it's awesome stuff here, Cheryl. Tell us about, as we bring us full circle here, you started off as a woman who was cruising along pretty good. Did some bad things happen to you. You did something about it. I'd like you to put yourself now in the shoes of that person who may be in a similar place, particularly maybe if they've been a student of yours. Maybe they've been one of your coaching students or read your books mm -hmm. or you've had some connection with. Tell me a transformational story about somebody that you've worked with. You've seen they were in bad place and now they're in a better place, in at least part because they had been ninjaized, feminized by, by Cheryl I love. Oh, yes. One of my favorite stories. I love this woman to death. She's a very petite little person. I met her when she was probably 40 or close to 40. And she had a really severe car accident. So it messed up her jaw. She had a lot of jaw surgery. She was actually going in for more surgery. They were going to wire her jaw shut when I first met her. And she came to me just to get some reinforcement, some tools, some resources for herself to take care of herself after the surgery. The woman also had three young children. Their ages at the time, I think were oh, like two, four and six. So she was taking care of them too, as she was trying to take care of herself. And you know, I worked with her both pre-op, post-op. And as she was starting to get better and starting, you could just see she was starting to change and starting to look a little bit more like herself, even though I hadn't known her before. I could just see the change in her. And finally, she was talking about maybe I'm well enough to go back to yoga and, and I know I'll never dance again. And I went, dance? dance? Mm -hmm. Really? Are you a dancer? Spark. And she says, I was. And what kind of dance? Ballet. Really? <laughs> and she, But I'll never go back. They told me I'll never do ballet again. And I said, okay, do you want to do ballet again? And she says, but it's not possible. I said, that's not what I asked. Do you want to do ballet again? We kept working on it. She took some of my ninja classes, self-defense classes, and we got her back into ballet class. And just about two or three years later, we were taking a very advanced, challenging, professional level ballet class together. And mm -hmm. I would look at her and said, 
did you ever think this was going to be possible? And she said, honestly, I didn't. But anything is possible. If you have the right mindset, if you have the right people around you to help you and support you, and trust me, they are out there. If they're dissing on you like like mine did, find well, somebody else. I call those stories. First of all, as I look at you, we're, I'm recording this in video as well as audio. And as you tell the story, you got a big smile on your face. I bet you that your your friend there had a big smile on her face when she was able to accomplish that ballet class. And I call these moments that turn the grim into the grin. I just love that. And uh, so I just love those kinds of stories. And I think that's what makes life worth living to me when you Mm -hmm. see hearing those types of stories. And I think that's what people can experience from from you, Cheryl. And uh, how can people find more about you? If there's people out there, there's people listening to our voices here today and somebody's going, wow, I want give me a, give me some of that. So how, if they can want some of that, how can they learn more about what you're about? What you're about? You can go to my website, CherylIlove.com. There's no E on the end of I love. It's just I-L-O-V. You'll also have access to three pre-recorded audio tapes or audio recordings. I call it meditation through movement, which is funny because I don't meditate, but I do move. And they're just really easy movement lessons that you can do on your own, just to help you calm your body and your nervous system down. Mm. and decrease muscle tension, that type of thing. You can always find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, all the social media. You can tr- check out my Femininja Project podcast. I have fantastic guests. One guy that I just thought was one of my best guests, his name is Dr. Brad Miller. <laughs> and that's That was a great episode. So yeah, if you if you can't find me, you're not looking. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm the only Cheryl I love on the planet. Certainly. I love your name. Hey, there, there, I'll, I'll throw the pun out there. You've never heard it before. No, uh, Cheryl, no. Cheryl, Cheryl, I love. But we'll certainly make connections to everything you're about at our website, drbradmiller.com. I also want to mention you've got two books out there, Forever Fit and Flexible and The Reluctant, the Reluctant Ninja, that you're going to want to pick up as well. What an awesome person, Aww, Cheryl, I love and passionate, purposeful a person who has so much to offer and what a great story of transformation. We love to hear those here on Beyond the Adversity and you're going to be hearing more from her as we go along. She's a force of nature, I can just tell. Thank you. That's awesome. So it's glad, it's super glad to have you as our guest today on Beyond the Adversity. This is the podcast where we look to help you to grow through what you go through. Our guest today, Cheryl I love. Hey, a big thank you to Shara Ilove for being uh, just an incredible guest today on Beyond Adversity. What energy she has, what vitality, what vigor. And that's part of her message, you know, that uh, aging is not the end of the story. Recalibrate, reset yourself. And we had a privilege to talk about her resilience and determination or self-discovery and uh, just some good stuff. Let me talk about a few takeaways from our conversation that I think may be helpful to you our Beyond Adversity audience. So the first one is the recognition that, that trauma and fear can immobilize us. And she shared some of her experiences of going through that and how she felt trapped and unable to move forward. But uh, she reminded us to take small acts to begin the process of movement and celebrate those, celebrate progress, even if it means just getting out of bed or making a cup of coffee. 
Another takeaway point is the transformative power of martial arts as a means to do just that. Uh, she, Cheryl talked about feeling a healing and strength through uh, through martial arts and acupuncture and the training that she went through and moving from disinterest to being, you know, now highly accomplished in the martial arts and how that just opened up a whole new world for her. Another takeaway is is the importance of support and resilience in overcoming uh, the adversity. And she talks about persistence and uh, seek people seeking treatment and finding a journey and finding supportive people in your life and how she's had that as well. Another takeaway is mindset and taking control uh, as how important that is to taking control of your health. And she just reminds us again and again that aging is not inevitable. It is a choice. And to reject the narrative of chronic pain and the consequences of aging. And she, uh, she basically fired her medical team and pursued alternative health uh, treatments that empowered her uh, to help her reclaim her health. And she did just that. And Another takeaway point was this merging of the physical and the spiritual practices. She talks about how movement and dance is a form of meditation, allowing her to connect with her inner strength and a higher power and see the connection between mind and body and spirit. A great episode here today on Cheryl I Love's journey. She just reminds us that your adversity is not the end of the story, that you can be transformed and have the opportunity for growth and empowerment, and to seek out even the smallest victories and embrace new things and cultivate supportive relationships and begin to shift your mindset and to move, uh, just to move physically. Here on Beyond Adversity, we're all about helping you to explore various ways that you can transform your life. And Cheryl I Love's message is one of the ways you can do that. You could find her at CherylILove.com, C-H-E-R-Y-L-I-L-O-V.com. And that's where you can find information about her books, Forever Fit and Flexible, and The Reluctant and the Reluctant Ninja. And speaking of ninjas, she is a ninja. She has the FemininjaProject.com. That's the website of her podcast, The Feminine Project. Here on Beyond Adversity, you can find me at drbradmiller.com, and we are all about helping you to identify and navigate adversity in your life and to come to a better place, a place of peace and prosperity and purpose, a place where you can grow through whatever it is you go through and to be in a good place. You can find me at drbradmiller.com. That's also where you can find information about, um, about my courses and about my teaching and, and about all the uh, past episodes of this podcast with great leaders who can speak into your life. We hope that you'll join us again next time here on Beyond Adversity, where we will continue to look to offer you a means by which you can continue to navigate adversity and achieve peace and prosperity and purpose. Until we do get together again, good people, this is Dr. Brad Miller reminding you to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com. 
or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.